My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Alicia Velia. Her and I sort of have two conversations in one. Alicia recently started her PhD, and so we talk about that and what it's like to pursue such a lofty career goal. But we also talk about sort of balancing priorities, and in particular, family. And it's interesting to see how these two conversations kind of jump back and forth and go in parallel, because I feel like that's a common experience for women when they talk about their career. You know, it is an important thing at this age to decide what are my priorities? How am I going to balance work and family life? From my understanding, it's a conversation that women have more often than men. I don't often get asked, how am I going to balance my aggressive career goals with my family? And Alicia and I also talk about that. How does she feel that, you know, instead of talking about specifics of her PhD, I'm more interested in talking about, well, what about her family? Can she really have it all? Can women really have it all? So it's a really interesting conversation. And I think Alicia's a really good sort of role model for someone who is taking their full life seriously and is really thinking about how to fit all of what they want out of life based around their most important goals. It's a really great conversation, and I hope that you'll contribute to it as well. Let me know what you think about work-life balance and things like that, and whether or not I'm accurate in saying that women are asked this question more often than men. As always, subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app, and consider supporting the show at thesafespace.ca. Hey, Alicia, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So congratulations, you just started your PhD today, I think, right? Uh, actually, I started uh, two weeks ago, yeah. Oh, so I saw an old post on Facebook then, maybe. Well, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will have been a few days, a few weeks at least anyways. Um, but regardless, congratulations. So I want to kind of ask you about what that process was like um, to actually decide to take, to, to do your PhD. Um, and, you know, there's many different factors, but why don't you start with, you know, what is your PhD in and why did you want to do one kind of generally? Yeah. Okay. So my, like the process for anyone to choose to do a PhD is really kind of a personal one. Uh, but mine was a very roundabout path. I, I've always loved learning. I've always been that kid that like borrows textbooks from the library for no reason other than like I, I want to learn about this yeah um and so when I got out of school I was always told you know get a job like school's the only thing you're used to uh so I I got a job I listened to everyone else and even after two years I still found that I was you know borrowing those textbooks and trying to get on to the like PubMed and finding the nature papers that I no longer had access to because I wasn't a student anymore. Um, and when I started looking for another job because I wanted something that was more science-based, I noticed that everything required either a master's or a PhD. And because of that, I thought, well, okay, I can either spend five to X amount of years working at this one company and trying to find my way into the science department, the R&D department, or I can spend that time getting a PhD and then I will have a qualification that is good for many more jobs than just this one job at this one company. So that was kind of my thought process for me, but there's a lot more 
that came into it because, um, like, as a girl, if you want to have kids, you know, they always say, like, before 30 and, you know, like, after 35 or something, it starts getting a lot harder. And so I was also getting older and I was just kind of watching the boat getting ready to leave. And I was like, I got to do this now because if I do it any later, I'll be, I'll be very not old, but you know, it'll be hard to start a family uh, later on. Right. And cause there's all that uncertainty with, you know, how easy it's going to be for me to get pregnant. Right. So it was just kind of, that's also another thing that you have to take into account. And some people have children during the PhD, some don't. It depends on the kind of PhD you get and the type of work that you're doing. So that was another thing I had to take into account. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I suppose for many men, that's just not a factor, right? Like, you know, probably I can have kids. My dad had a kid in his like maybe late 50s or whatever, right? Like, um, it's, it's so it's not an issue, but it is something that, women, I suppose, do have to factor in, like, do I want a family? And what is my, like, what, what is that value as compared to this other value? So how did you start to think about it? And, you know, because it's almost already getting to what some people would consider a contentious area, because this factors into women's priorities generally, right? Because they do have to really think about family as a more explicit priority than men do on average at a minimum because of the pregnancy, but also, you know, what do you think about the actual, like, like motherhood as such? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I find that, you know, if you're going to choose to start a family, it's really important to, you know, talk with your partner if you have one. And even if you don't, you, you, you need to have a kind of a, a life plan. At least that's what they say on all the OBGYN websites that I've been trolling. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's other ways to get pregnant. There's in vitro, you know, you can get a surrogate, you can adopt. And there's all, you know, there's all of these different ways. But at the end of the day, it's just easier if you do it yourself and it's a lot cheaper, right? Um, and then there's the option of freezing your eggs, but like, again, that's another thing, it costs money, right? And so as a woman, when you're planning all these things, there's actually also the financials that you need to think about because not every woman is gonna be able to freeze her eggs and not every family is going to be able to adopt, right? And so like, these are all just kind of things that you you have to to think about a bit when so it's really it seems quite bizarre to me that these are things to factor in when thinking about a career decision right like it just is totally con like i would have never considered it right um and so do you think i mean you know, part of me says this is kind of the stereotype as to why women aren't as career focused, because when I'm making a career decision, it's only about the career. That's all I'm thinking about. And maybe I'm one, I could just be I'm immature and I don't actually have a partner to factor in yet. But it seems like with most women I talk to, this is more of a topic, top of their mind. Yeah. So, I mean, you do have to, you do have to pick what's your priority going to be, but there's nothing saying that you can't do both. Um, I know that there's one professor at the university I'm going to go to 
that she got pregnant in her last year of her PhD and then had another kid once uh, she got her professorship. Um, but that again, she is a leader in the industry and is just amazing all around. And so, yeah, there are these women that can just literally do it all, yeah. but that's, that's not for everyone. And the other thing too is, I, I'm me, I overthink things a lot but i would be really surprised if i wasn't the only woman that thinks about these things when they're thinking about career decisions the one thing that i've decided for myself is i don't want my career to come at the cost of my family but at the same time i don't want to look back on my life and say that I could have done more if I had chosen not to have a family. And so I kind of have to, you know, pick kind of a middle ground between, okay, well, I want to do this PhD. I know if I don't do this, I will hate myself for, for because I never took that chance. Right. And it's at this point, like, I'm not taking anything away from myself. Like there is the potential that for me, it's going to be really hard to have children once later in life, but there's no way to know that today. Right. And so I can't live off of maybes and what if I have to go with what's in front of me right now. And right now this PhD is happening and a family will happen, but I'm not going to try and force it just because I'm scared that it won't happen later. I think that's a really good approach and a good mindset to have, you know, though I, I still question if women can really have it all because I question if men can really have it all, right? And so I very much want to be a man who's there for his family, but I know I'm very career driven as well. And so what is that balance? And so you say this professor at, at the university has it all, do you think you can really have that? Because like, there's only so much time in the day, right? How do you really be at the forefront of an industry and be a dedicated parent, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem possible to me. I mean, again, on the outside, it looks like she has it all, right? But from the appearance, from the articles, from the interviews, that doesn't mean that everything's sticking together at home. There's no one who knows that except for her but and so her do family. Do you think it's possible? Because now you're like you're choosing a pretty, a potentially pretty intensive career path, and you know maybe you miss a year of research or of industry experience or whatever it is to have your kid. And then you know my sister recently had a kid, and she wants to be a mother, but also she needs to still have her job and her income and stuff. So it, I, I don't envy her having to figure that out for sure. And so what do you think about it for yourself? Uh, I think it just, it depends from person to person. It depends what career you want. It depends uh, what companies you want to work for. I like it, 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 there's a rainbow, right? And you know, for professors, people who want to be professors, typically what they say is don't try to have kids until you have your professorship or until you get tenure. But for some people, that's not realistic. Um, and, and so, yeah, some people will have to sacrifice. Others won't. 
everyone's got their own story about the choices that they've made and the sacrifices that they've had to do. Um, for me, I think that the sacrifice I will have to make will be not going to, to medical school because I or like my my so I have I have a three tier plan for my my life goals, right? There's the what will probably happen, what would be really nice if it happened and oh my God, this would be so great, but I know it'll never happen, right? Just because of where I'm at. So originally I wanted to be a research physician. And so those are usually MD PhDs, right? So right now I'm doing my PhD, there are MD PhD programs, but I didn't get into that. So I'm trying, like I would be trying to do it the other way around getting the PhD first and then going to medical school. But going to medical school is another four years. Right, and that's not counting residency or counting all the other training that comes after that if you want to specialize. And so, you know, from a timeline point of view, it just it doesn't make sense anymore. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of things that I could do that would go in the same vein that I would have done uh, as a research physician. Like maybe I can team up with a physician and he brings me problems and I do the research. Or maybe instead I'll become a lecturer and I will teach and do research at, at the same time, right? So you got to think like, what is essential for you? What do you want? And what's a nice to have, right? And you, you have to pick those. Right. And so where does family fit in to that? Yeah. So for me, like I said, they're, they're once I'm done this degree, it probably won't be any more school. I'll probably get a job. Uh, and then once that's settled, that's probably when I'll be starting starting a family, right? Um, and, you know, everyone's resources are different. Some people will ask for help from their family. Some people will have to try and work it out with just them and their partner. Um, the stories that I've heard of people who we're able to have children um, doing very, you know, intensive education or intensive career. They all, there's always a story about someone who is able to help them out, someone who is able to help take care of the children, whether that be a spouse, a family friend, a parent, because you're right, you can't do it all. You got to outsource. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm interested in, and I don't know if we intended to go particularly in the motherhood route, but that's where I'm interested right now. Cause I've thought about it quite a bit. Like I do want to have kids soon. I just need, you know, a partner first, but um, cause the thing I think about is, you know, I'm interested if you've considered being a stay at home mom and if you want to be a mom primarily, cause that's what I'm talking to my sister about, or we've talked about it. And one thing that really sticks out to me is I think Eric Weinstein, who's, you know, a podcaster and whatever else, he talks about how grateful he is that his beautiful genius PhD wife was a stay at home mother and how good for his children that they got raised by someone like that who took it upon. I don't know if till what age she did that, but it's like, yeah, like a motherhood's a, or parenthood's a really important job. And yeah, if you're a fucking genius, then be a 
genius at being a mother or whatever, right? And so I'm interested in your thinking about this because I assume you've thought about it. So you mean like uh, just choosing to stay home and raise children instead of... Yeah, for a few years or whatever. Yeah, so for me, uh, that's never been something that I've thought of doing. Like even, even say my partner made like bank and I didn't have to work at all, I would still want to work because that's just the type of personality I am. Like, heck, I'm doing a PhD. Clearly, I want to just drive myself into the ground (laughs) with work. Um, But yeah, so for me, stay-at-home mom has never really been something that I've uh, entertained. I mean, of course, there are days where I'm just like, oh, I'm working so hard. Why am I doing this to myself? It would be just so much better if I stayed like was a stay at home mom. But the truth is, it's, it's its own thing. Like, it's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a relaxing thing being a stay at home. No, no. I think people like to think that it is, but it's it's not. It's yeah. it's, a, it's its own job in itself. Um, I actually, like me and my partner, we joke around that, um, once I'm, you know, PhD super bad, um, he's going to become the stay at home dad. So (laughs) yeah, it just depends on what your partner and you have discussed and what you want to do. Um, because the other thing is his job is very flexible, so he can stay home, um, and work if he wants. Right. Mm. So, so yeah. Maybe maybe we'll jump back to the PhD after after a bit more parent questions because I'm interested in what are your thoughts generally of staying like of a stay at home parent because from what I understand it's hugely beneficial to the kids to actually have a stay at home parent whereas now the trend is very much like both parents work send the kid to preschool or daycare or whatever and like yeah. see him in the evenings and weekends um, mm-hmm. um, so yeah what are what are your thoughts on the kind of new school versus old school approach to being a parent? Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I am not an expert on the subject and whatever words that come out of my mouth are pure speculation about what that job actually entails um, and the effects it will have on children. But I, I think, yeah, there is definitely a benefit to being the one that's in control of how you choose to raise your child. Like, for example, um, there's tons of research out there that shows that a personalized curriculum for children being educated is by far superior to the standardized school system that, you know, you currently, we currently have. Um, But on the other hand, not every parent is going to be a great teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to, you, you got to balance that out. Like, what are you providing for, like, what, what are you bringing to the table in terms of how you're going to educate your kid? What are your plans for your kid? Do you think that you can provide every single one of those things? Because if you're a stay-at-home parent, not only are you going to have to educate them, but you're also going to have to distract them. You're going to have to make sure they get the right amount of exercise. You're going to have to make sure that they learn how to make friends, because that's another thing that you learn in school a lot is how to interact with people and how to interact with people who don't necessarily like you. Right. right. So, so there's a, there's benefits to both. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. And so, you know, transitioning back into PhD dumb, 
I want to ask, how does it feel as someone who like is, is a professional pursuing a PhD and then we get sidetracked and I'm more interested in your views of motherhood because it very much, it's not the exact stereotype, but it's very much in line with the stereotype of how women are treated generally, right? You know, if there's a 30 year old actress who's working really hard or a musician, she'll get questions. Oh, don't you, what about motherhood? Right. And so it's like, there's always this additional thing that men don't get. Like no one would ever ask me or except for family, no one ever asks me about fatherhood, right? But like, you know, we're here, we are talking about your PhD career and right away I'm like, well, let's talk about motherhood instead. <laughs> and so how does that feel? Like, you know, you're trying to prioritize your career, but you know, okay, it's something that you think about, you think about motherhood and stuff, but I'm sure, especially in the next five, 10 years, you'll hear about it a lot and, and it'll be in your ethos. What is that like? Or I uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, granted, like, we went into that direction, but I, I kind of also brought it up. Uh, yeah. so, so I think it just depends on the context, right? Like, if I'm at a conference presenting my amazing research, and the first question that comes out of someone's mouth when, you know, it's all supposed to be technical questions is, how do you balance your research with motherhood? That's a little different than, you know, what life choices uh, did you have to make to get into this PhD program, right? Like, there are different types of conversations, and there is a time and place for everything. And Yeah, I feel like that that is, it wouldn't happen as much at, like, a formal PhD presentation, but it happens to, like, celebrities and stuff, female celebrities who are more, like, their their career prioritization is more clear cut versus like uh yeah presenting a phd uh dissertation yeah but it's it's the same like it's the same kind of um purpose right like if i'm interviewing an actor because they're acting like about their acting then you know the topic should be the acting if i'm interviewing an actor about their life then, you know, they can talk about whatever they want. And if that gears into family and being a parent, then so be it, right? But those are two completely different contexts, right? And that parallels parallels with I'm being a, I'm a PhD giving a presentation and I'm a PhD talking about my life. Like one does not mean that you can't talk about the other. It just depends on the context. Like I'm not going to go to a party and start talking about my PhD defense when everyone just wants to know, like, you know, how you doing, Alicia? <laughs> and oh, like, yeah, it's such a big you, part of my life. But <laughs> my parties, that's definitely what we'd be talking about. That's what's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe for like five minutes and then you'll be like, okay, I'm done listening about nanoparticles. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so you you made this big decision to pursue your PhD and we've talked about the family uh, part of it, but you know, there's also like financials is a big thing. You're not, mm-hmm. I don't think you make very much money as a PhD. You definitely don't make as much as, or most PhDs don't make as much as in industry. And you really have to be passionate about a topic to like, I'm contemplating grad school right now and it, Boo, man, it's like a big thing. So how did you know? I mean, you said you always kind of 
were a studious person. You, you're the only person I know who's ever said they just take textbooks out. But you should see my how, library list. <laughs> how do you even? How do you select a topic? Right, like a PhD is a big undertaking. How do you yeah. pick? Like I'm going to dedicate three years to this subspecialty of this subspecialty. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, you, you want me to talk about the the topic basically? So. For me, um, when I was in high school, I chose to go into nanotechnology um, because I wanted to learn about the new ways that people were going to start designing drugs. And so when I was in high school, um, nano had kind of hit its crest in the sense that there was all this new research coming out, all this potential for, oh, we can have new drug delivery systems you can put a coating on this thing and now it's not going to um there's no no biofouling and you can put it in the body and nothing's going to happen to it um and so that was something that really captured my interest and then when i went into the undergrad i really wanted to focus on more of the pharmacology side of nanotechnology but we didn't really get into that until fourth year and even then it was just briefly maybe for half like for a semester is what we were talking about this particular topic and so i left university and i was just like i need more this is not enough um and so after two years of you know working i decided you know what i am gonna take matters into my own hands and um this is what i want to research this is what i've been wanting to research since the beginning anyways so yeah and it's also a daunting undertaking right i don't know if i've made a commitment as big as pursuing a phd um because it's also like any even getting a job it's like i know it's open-ended i can leave when i want and like a phd i suppose you can quit but how did you were you at all like fearful of that commitment of diving into such a undertaking um, no, for me, it's not like I consider doing a PhD to be a, a, a job in itself. Um, obviously, I have to pass my qualifier first, which you do at the end of your first year. So right now I'm a PhD student. Um, and once I pass my qualifier, then I'll be a PhD candidate. And that's when the real fun stuff starts to happen. Um, but in terms of it being a big undertaking, um, and you mentioned financials earlier, for me, I'm a very frugal person. So because I had gone work and started working after school, I did have significant amount of savings. So I was actually able to take basically a year off and really focus on making this decision. I studied for the GRE. I emailed professors. I went to lab visits. I did everything that they tell you to do and more. Right. So I really made sure that wherever I ended up, it was because it was what I wanted, where I where I wanted, with who I wanted. And of course, they needed to want me to. But um, it was just it, I, I did not. I left as little things to chance as possible. Well, I think that's really good and, and impressive. So kudos to you. Um, to I want to now bring my two threads together by asking, um, you know, both 
like family decisions and a decision like pursuing a PhD are very big. I yeah. want to know which, if either, are scarier to think about, and also if neither are scary, regardless. How does your partner factor into each of these? Because these are conflicting priorities that don't just impact you; they impact your partner pursuing a PhD as well. So, how did you kind of think of that aspect of, you know, the life that is Alicia? Yeah. So when my partner and I started dating, I was working,、um, but I was also studying for the MCAT, and so. There was kind of already an indication that I was going to go back to school one way or the other. So, you know, the conversation was subtle, but it was very, very clear.、Um, and so, I I made it clear、uh, from the beginning that I wanted to further my education and I wanted to、um, go back to school at one point. Maybe not this year, maybe not the next, but it was going to happen.、Mm. Um, And so, with that knowledge, you know, my partner was okay with that, and so we agreed that, you know, for now, he'd probably take more of the the financial burdens in terms of rent and paying food, and I would contribute what I can. So what we do is is proportional salary, right? So we take the sum total, and then we just divide in terms of like he's sixty percent, I'm thirty percent, or whatever that percentage is. That's ninety percent. It doesn't even know, but <laughs>、um, yeah, sixty forty or whatever. And、uh, yeah, so we talked about that, and, and it's just really about what's comfortable. And, and you know, if if he wasn't okay with that, then there would have been a, another discussion that we would have had. But I'm I'm really lucky that he was okay with me pursuing my goals. And who knows? Maybe once I've graduated and I've got a stable job, maybe. He'll get to follow a little bit more about his dreams that aren't as financially、uh, fruitious, right? <laughs> If that's the word. No, that makes sense. And you, so I'll just follow up on.、Uh, I suppose you know the proper way I should be thinking about it is that you are you have a life with him, so all decisions. So it's are, are like、yeah. the the two of you. So family or PhD, one's not more. A group decision than the other. It's just life, right? They, they both are, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.、Uh, I'll, I'll learn this stuff. I just need to find a significant <laughs> other first, and then I'll figure it out. Yeah,、um, yeah. And I mean, like, even if you don't have a significant other right now, like, you focus on the other things, and then the rest will fall into place eventually, right? But you work with what、yeah. you've got, and then, you know, if things happen later on, then things will happen, and you readjust. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there anything, anything on the tip of your tip of your mind that you feel you didn't get to、uh, communicate about your PhD, about you know the ideas of motherhood, anything we've talked about?、Uh, well, in terms of the PhD, I'm really excited. I just want to say, say this,、um, and I'm sure that if anyone who watches this who has gone through a PhD and, and sees me now, they're probably thinking, "Oh, you sweet summer child, you have no idea what's coming." But yeah, right now, <laughs> right now, I am over the moon. <laughs> That's awesome, and I, I love that you added that. Because and then you know, in three years, we'll do a follow up. Yeah, five, five. We'll do. We'll like at the closing. <laughs> okay, at the closing.
Cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Congratulations again, and I'm glad you're so excited. And I really found it interesting and insightful to talk to you about the prioritization and motherhood and that kind of stuff as well. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun talking.